watch movie-based video games. Think to yourself, this is kind of strange. Mario is British, Luigi's Latino, and Cuba's played by a goddamn weirdo. Well, that's video games and movie. Video games and movie. Video games and movie. It's, uh, I live in a very old house that has very old problems. Yeah. I just put it that way. <clears throat> At work, we have a very old warehouse that's 20 years old, and all the pipes are in the, you know. 20, huh? Well, my house is older than me. <clears throat> I think it was built in 74. Yeah, but see, the pipes are, like, outside, you know, so... Oh yeah, yeah. And I a get black, you on that. black pipe, and it's for a dry system, and they don't want to replace it. They just want to fix it every time it leaks. So, well, yeah, it's that's that's how everyone we're having the same problems at my work. Uh, some businesses do things they they fix instead of replace because it's uh, lower money on the their quarters instead of like a big big spike and then it'll be fixed for years and cost a lot less in the long run they'll go ahead and just keep fixing the same garbage at infantum because it's better on the short term and doesn't cause the people above them saying hey how come you spent you know four thousand dollars on this the same thing with my work where they uh some of our overhead doors and one of them in particular is like just completely been busted since before I started working there and they just keep like temp fixing it and it finally like the springs all snapped in it and the, this thing is it, I should take pictures it's ridiculous um, but they finally are buying this new door but they're buying the absolute cheapest one they can which instead of like a good steel door they're buying like a fiberglass door that if someone wanted to come in like you know just any anything would get through it if they actually wanted to break in the warehouse but anyway it's neither here nor there are you recording now yeah i'm recording oh okay well he- hello everyone and welcome to video games movie the podcast where we talk about uh, media that is related to video games typically movies or shows hi i'm your host blaine J, and with me cujo um yeah, but we're currently, as you may have heard, discussing our water woes. Uh, Kujo sent me a picture earlier of like a pipe busted above some pallets of per- presumably like product or something, and it was just getting everywhere. Yeah, so. we have an outside warehouse, and <clears throat> right now there's wood pellets out there, <clears throat> but uh, it's like so. It used to be like the lumber warehouse, but then we built a new lumber warehouse, and then that the old one just became like. You know, we have fence panels and, you know, our Brock and, like, you know, fence, like, that kind of stuff. Nothing like... Yeah, building materials or whatever. Yeah, nothing substantial, like, nothing's that's gonna... It's just nicer to have it underneath the roof than have it outside type thing. Sure. But because it already had, like, a fire system on it, we can't just, like, remove it. And I think it's some kind of code or something, I don't know, that's probably... Oh, I'm sure, yeah. But, you know, it has black pipe, and, you know, it's only rated for, like, 15 years before they start going bad. Well, it's been over 15 years since the building, but <clears throat> they won't, They don't let us replace it all. They just let us uh, fix it whenever it breaks. So, typically what happens is uh, 
It's a dry land, I mean, meaning like it's air until you know you need water. Like so, if the sprinkler goes off, then it releases the water type thing. Right. Um. It. Once it fill like, I guess once the the pressure drops, it thinks that there's something going wrong. So then it fills with water. So when you have an air leak, like a it'll start as a little pinhole, you know, because it's just filled with air. And then eventually yeah. enough pressure will drop and it'll dump the system. So all the water will dump. Fun. Yeah, so that's, I mean, then the fire department comes and all this other stuff. But um, it's just, uh, I think it's more of a tax write-off too where they, you just, if it's fixing things and you can write it off or replacing things means it's going to be a depreciation and a hit on the bottom. Yeah. So it's kind of more politics than anything when, why they won't fix it, but... Um, yeah, so every time the weather changes, so you have... Yeah, bear. Uh, the barometric pressure causes it to go off. And, well, yeah. what happens is you get water in the lines, even though it's a dry system, condensation and old and whatever. You still get water in the lines, they freeze. Well, when it, after, you know, like today it got up to like 45 degrees, so all the lines start thawing out, pressure in the pipe cause one of the couplers to just basically bust in half that whole mm. pipe together and that's where that picture I showed you so Sweet. but every time it goes from like freezing to like above freezing that's when the <laughs> that's when most of the problems happen so um, nice so Man, mine's, mine's worse because <laughs> uh, yeah. it's personal yeah, yeah it's like in, mine, in my I, house I call a company and they come fix it like I'm so used to it at this point like I know like I got to turn this, uh, I go out to the warehouse, I go to the room, I know I turn this, turn off the water into the, like, the main valve, and then I open up the drain valve for the, you know, other system, and then, uh, I open all the, uh, low points. <laughs> so, like, when I get there, they're half the job's already done, when they need to fix it, but. Sure, yeah, and get, get it prepped, and, and so you don't get more water everywhere and such, yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. Yep. Mine is my water heater, uh, blue, so. Oh. It was, it was pretty old, yeah, it's 15 years old, so yeah. way past its, uh, life expectancy, but yeah, I, it was like four days ago, I came downstairs, and Cody, my brother-in-law, had just taken a shower, and he saw, like, water all over the kitchen floor, and he thought somebody just spilled something, so he threw a towel on it and then forgot about it, I guess. And I was, like, on my way to the gym. And I uh, was like, what's all this? And he's like, oh, man, that's a lot more water than I saw earlier. And I was like, uh, yeah, you didn't think maybe there was a leak somewhere? Or... So we tracked it down. It was the water heater. I, th it was either, I figured it was either that or, like, the line to my fridge. But my fridge was still pumping out water. So I checked that first. I was like, nah, pressure's there. So And I, I didn't even want to open the closet door to the water heater. But I did. Water everywhere. It's pouring out of the nipple from the hot out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, great. So, um, like, I turn on the release valve, and I, I've never had to deal with this water heater before, you know? It's been, like, the only time I've ever had to deal with it was years ago, I, I had to try to shut off the uh, cold in, so, because we had a leak in the upstairs bathroom, the hot water, and it turns out that the valve on the water heater itself, the shutoff valve, doesn't work. It, it like turns it off maybe like two thirds of the way if you really crank down on it, mm -hmm. but it still like creates pressure in the water heater, so that sucks. 
um, and then it'll come into play in that, uh, so I basically couldn't turn the water off to the water heater, so I had to turn the water off outside, <laughs> which sucks because my main on the outside, you can turn it off. It's like real old. It's turned funny. It's all like just busted completely. I've got a key for it, but it doesn't work great. You can turn it off, but it's impossible to turn back on. Like I've been out there for literal hours trying to turn the thing on in the past and it, you know, it hadn't gotten better with age. So I turned it off everything's fine. And then like today, everyone's just like greasy and gross and, you know, certain members of the family, I won't name who I'm a man. I go, I can go to the bathroom outside and like take a shit at work. But not everyone, I guess, had that luxury. No one took a shit in the toilets, thank God. But it was starting to get kind of rank in the house, and we needed, like, water, you know? So the wife's like, uh, I'm just going to call the city and have them uh, turn it back on. So she calls them, and she, like, says, Hey, y'all came out the other day and turned off our water. <laughs> I need you to come back and turn it on. They're like, we don't have a record of that, but that's pretty common. We'll be out there later today, so... Got them to come out, and, like, he wrestled with it for, like, 20 minutes, and he's got, like, specialized tools for it, and he was bitching about it and stuff. He's like, I've never seen a water main this old, this bad, it needs to be replaced. I'm like, that's what you guys said seven years ago when you came out, and you marked everything off but didn't actually fix anything. Uh, just kind of forgot about us, and it still needs to be fixed. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, that's how it is, or whatever. But anyway, he finally got it on, but... um yeah, I, we just went right back to having the same problem. I've got this water heater that's, like, leaking like crazy. So I had to get kind of inventive. I opened up uh, the release valve, the pressure valve, and, like, turned on all the hot water faucets in the house to, like, relieve some of the pressure, right? Yeah. And then that that valve, actually, someone built a closet around where it went. So, like, there's this enclosed area underneath an air conditioner that's like all sheetrocked in where the valve out goes, where it actually drains, is just like an enclosed closet. And I had to like punch a hole in the wall to get to it. And then I connected an old water hose from uh, a washing machine to my garage so that that water will like leak out my parking lot instead of in this enclosed area <laughs> that's made of sheetrock. And Basically, it's like jerry-rigged from hell. It's still leaking, but like a trickle if I've got everything on and I've got it running outside. So we're at this point where we can flush our toilets again, but if I want to take a hot shower, I've got to like go and unrig the valve to where the pressure isn't releasing anymore. Let it build back up. It'll start spraying everywhere. Take your shower as fast as you can. I've put everything back together you know it's real tenuous but uh we've got uh, of course insurance and they came out and looked at everything they're like yeah we're gonna have to fix this this and this we're just gonna bring out a whole new heater we're gonna replace that valve gonna move the drain bring it all up to code because this is like some of the worst stuff they've ever seen they're like i can't believe someone would build something like this i'm like oh, that's what we moved into this whole house is like that but anyway so yeah, that's what I'm dealing with. I'll be here Friday. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, sometimes if you can, uh, that valve, like the shutoff, like you get sediment in there. So if you like open, yeah, open yeah. it, close it a bunch of times, you can loosen it up, and it might close. Yeah, it. You, 
you try that you can't it's it's so like everything about it is wrong it's everyone that comes out here that you'll talk to them on the phone and you'll be like you're gonna have a really hard time bring every tool you can and they're all like oh you know our guys are good they know how to do this and stuff and then when they get to my house they're like i haven't seen one of these or like we got one guy that said he hadn't seen one like that since the 70s <laughs> it's it's like really they, they just don't make them this way anymore it's a it's a gate valve um, it's, you know, brass and everything, but, uh, the way it is turned and the fact that it's inside of like, instead of a square, like a modern box would be, this is like a little circle. It's about the size of a roll of paper towels. And there's just, there's no angle that you can get a key in there. So you have to like get in there. You, you can get in there to close it, but to try and open it, your key won't fit anymore because it's at like the valve is at a 45 degree angle. And it's like toward one side of this rounded wall, so you can't get anything in there to turn it off that's long. So you have to like get in there with a crescent wrench and a pair of pliers and like you know build one on the other and build you a cheater bar. And I mean, it's always like convoluted. They they always figure it out. I don't mess with it because I don't want to break it and end up it being on me, you know. So when I go to turn it back on now, I got it on years ago, uh, doing just that like putting a pair of channel locks on there and then like putting a crescent wrench on the channel locks and building this weird system mm-hmm. <laughs> to where I, and then put like a long piece of uh, conduit on the end of the uh, crescent wrench so I could turn it. But it is impossible, man. It has nothing to do with like sediment or anything. It's just the placement and the fact that it's like a million years old, you know? Okay. Yeah. I, just, I know sometimes that, <laughs> yeah, that's a little trick. Sometimes it works, but I mean, it's that sometimes it's just the the uh, inside of that valve like gets worn out or you know eaten away by oh, yeah. the water, or whatever's in the water, and then it won't it won't like the line builds up and stuff like that. Yeah, and then it won't see all the way, so that's kind of kind of like when your to- toilet tank runs because it's not the the washer because the hard water doesn't you know seal all the way and you get a little bit of a leak, so. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but this isn't uh, this isn't toilet talk or water talk or whatever. This is video games, the movie. But uh, uh, the the problem is like, and Kuju and I kind of talked about this a little bit before uh, we started the episode. Is like we were kind of happy that we had these like water woes going on because it was going to give us something to like pad the episode out with a little bit. Because uh, the the show, I guess you would call it, that we're talking about today is. Uh, it's a very strange one. It's short. The, the, this show will probably be longer than the show itself. And it's called absolutely Rose street. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this came out in 94, I think 93, 94. It was like, uh, right in the middle of when the Sega CD released. And oh. it was right before the Sega 32X release. I do have and some questions. What I found, I do go have ahead. Questions for you because you bought like this is where your love of the Sega CD came. Like this is your era. Yeah, right. Uh, like a year before this. Yeah. So like I have, I had Sega, but I like after Sega I didn't have, you know, I didn't get the, uh, all the add-ons or I didn't even know about it. You know what I mean? Like somehow I like I missed out on it, and uh, I went right from this to what is it? Uh, playstation i think right playstation yeah so somehow like either those ads were not good or like i didn't like the well, i don't know what it was but i missed out on all this so i got like some questions on for you about what they were showing in this on this uh i guess it's more like, like what is it, like a 
45 minute show or something like that yeah it's like 30 45 minutes it's effectively like a commercial um i mean it is a commercial and what's interesting is it has sega commercials inside of the commercial if that makes sense you'll be watching and then it'll go to like an old-timey ad for like the sega game gear with uh, Ethan Suplee, or it'll go to, you know, various older Sega ads that I'm sure we all saw on TV back then. I, I remembered every one of them. Um, it says TV and then it goes, 1994. That's what it, like, I Google, when you Google it. <laughs> yeah, it, and it, it goes back, you know, to the quotations show, which is in of itself a commercial. But back in this time, they used to make these uh, basically, infomercials is what they amounted to, but they made them seem as though they were like a sitcom. Um, so you'd be like watching late night television, and I watched a lot of these growing up. And some of them were actually kind of good, like they would tell like a real story, and and then like try and sell you a Bowflex, you know, or whatever. And that that's along these lines. Um, these guys in this show, you're you're treated to like this guy that has the absolute worst. New York accent, you know, hey, tell me, you know, bada bing, you know, all that kind of bullshit. Uh, and it's totally fake. And he's uh, in charge of finding new talent or new shows for this uh, local TV network. And they have this show that they want to get on called Game Beat that is kind of like a show put on by these kids that they want to run to uh, help uh, appeal to that demographic. But this guy, the Bada Bing guy, he want, has an ulterior motive. He wants his girlfriend, uh, Shonda, Sharon, I've already forgotten, uh, Stella. He wants his girlfriend, Stella, who's this real, like, bimbo-looking, like, typical that, that era, airhead blonde from New York, you know, uh, wants her to have a show called uh, Stella's Beauty Tips, and he's uh, trying to run these kids out, you know. And so his boss is telling him, get with these kids to make new, uh, better game beats so that, uh, you know, they can get that demographic. But he's trying to make them fail so that he can get his girlfriend to have her show. But um, he goes over there, uh, pressure from his boss, and says, hey, your show sucks, you're going to have to step it up. And they do so in the way that, you know, you, you're introduced to this cast of characters. I think there's, what, four kids. There's this Asian kid that doesn't say much other than the fact that he, like, is the tech guy and used to work at Radio Shack. There's uh, your black guy that doesn't say much other than, you know, he's like the cameraman or whatever. And then there's this white kid, I think his name is Mark on the show, and he's like the atypical, like, uh, I don't know, Jock turned stoner. Uh, I don't know how to describe him. Jackson's name, please. What's that? His name is Crazy Max Jackson. <laughs> yeah, Crazy Max Jackson. And then they've got this other chick that is uh, oh. something rather savage. Yeah, hold on. Man. It's like uh, Kara Savage or something like that. And they both have, like, a little bit of tattooing, you know, they're, like, very urban, you know, and they all live in this loft together where they record Game Beat. And, you know, they need better equipment and better funding and all this stuff, but, of course, Bada Bing doesn't want to give them any of that. And so they're discussing, well, what can we do to up the show? So they, uh, you know, the girl's like, everyone's talking about this new game, Doom, 
and it's like first of all doom isn't really new and and it was like i guess coming to the 32x and they they would say things that weren't even true of the era like i love the sega and the sega cd and the genesis like i love all those things when they say things like everyone knows the genesis is king of the 16-bit era but uh you know it was like well you know you did pretty good the first year or two and then it kind of fell off doom was like a big deal but it was only on pc i think that was like the the things like everyone's like big into doom um yeah well at that point it had released on the super nintendo and i think the genesis too um remember it had that red cart and the thing is the the 32x version everyone was saying like there was a lot of hype i remember at the time that it was going to be like such a better version but it ended up that it was like so much worse than the 16-bit versions that like no one wanted it. They're like, it's darker, it plays slower, the music is worse. Just everything about it, it felt like a like they just took something and forced a port instead of making a new port for the 32X. Um, I don't know, though. But yeah, it was a huge game at the time. You're, you're right about that. I remember it was big, but I guess that was like the selling, like that was the big selling point was trying to get this onto the 32X because... Uh, I know, I know. Like the the Super Nintendo versions were crap. Like the those versions. Oh yeah, but the 32x version makes them look amazing. Yeah. Which yeah, and then the PlayStation version was the first actual like close to PC port, is my understanding. And uh, the PlayStation version, you could also get two discs and link two Playstations and play them on uh, multiple TVs which was a thing we used to do at the game store back uh, right around the time the 32X dropped. Because this 32X came out like right at the same time as the PlayStation, like right around the same year. According um, to Wikipedia, it did not come to Super Nintendo until 95, so it was on 32X first. Oh, okay. Well, so, Super Nintendo version was better. <laughs> so, yeah, like the, uh, the first port was, besides PC, was the Sega 32X, Atari Jaguar in the Mac operating system. I'll be damned. The, those versions are all shit. Um, the Mac is good, obviously. That was the uh, premier version where you could like get wads and like put you know weird audience faces on uh, the monsters or whatever, and you know have fun like that. But it, it's it's pretty interesting because they do in these like little mini interviews. They interview. Uh, various actual game designers and stuff. Like at one point, I think they're talking to what American McGee, yeah, uh, about Doom, and like they're talking to the guy that made like Tomcat Alley and uh, Midnight Riders or Raiders and some of these other like um, full motion video stuff that was I don't want to say big at the time. It was like really hyped at the time. You know, they're when the Sega CD came out, yeah, there was all this hype around the fact that it could do full motion video, right. And uh, <laughs> go ahead. What's that? So they couldn't do it well. No, no. I mean, you're, a few of them turned out good. Like Snatcher was released toward later, and it did a lot more on the system than uh, like the earlier games. But um, yeah, the early games either you had like a good picture with a really small, like actual picture, like you would be looking at. Your, your your screen would have a much smaller screen on it that showed the actual video, and so the fidelity looked better because it was shrunk down. Um, kind of like if you 
you know, shrink down an image onto a Game Gear, it looks good. But if you take that same image and you pump it into your TV, it's going to look like shit. Yeah, so they were doing that. And then the one, like, yeah, spatial, whatever. But, um, but, you know, they did get better at it. But the way of the full motion video kind of went the way of the dinosaur. They really don't make these anymore. I mean, there's a few. There's like you and I both played Late Shift and stuff like that. And they're still fine. You know, I, I still like them when they're done well. Yeah, it's not. But yeah, it's not like they were trying to do here, where you're like you're shooting at like full motion people. You know what I mean? Like you're not like, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, you're not like, like like Snatcher is a story um, like that you're playing through. It's more of a point click adventure, or like Late Shift is also more like that, where you're like choosing dialogue to progress the video. Yeah, you're just doing action of like. You're, it's like a choose your own adventure uh, book, but with like live action. So you can do yeah. this, this response or this response or this response. And depending on your responses, there's different endings you get or different things happen. Stuff like right. that. Right. You progress the story differently. Whereas a lot of these early ones, like some of them did play like that, to be fair. But most of them were like, you'd be watching the video and then you had to press a, a direction or a button at a certain time to continue to progress the video. Otherwise you'd get like a death scene or something like that. So you'd be watching along. It's like, Oh, if you don't press left right now, your character wouldn't turn left and they'd run into a wall or you'd see like video flying around, like say in Tomcat alley. And if you didn't hit the uh, shoot button, on top of this image of a you know f fifteen flying by at that exact moment, you wouldn't shoot it down, and then it would go to a video of you getting shot down because you didn't shoot him first. That sort of thing. Um, made popular by Dragon's Lair and Space Ace, the Don Bluth games in the arcades back in the early '80s. This was the first time they had uh, computing power to be able to bring these sort of things home. So the Sega CD initially, like one of your questions was probably going to be, you know, you said you never saw it at the time. Well, it's pretty big initially. There's a lot of hype around it. Yeah, so you got, um, I'm guessing you were pretty hyped about it because you, you had it, so you must have. No, you know what? I wasn't. I wasn't a Sega kid. I was, I had a Super Nintendo at this point, and I didn't, uh, I didn't love the Genesis. Like, I'd played it at friends' houses and stuff, and I thought the Super Nintendo was, you know, more or less superior. And uh, in, in a lot of ways, it is, you know, like you could say, uh, I, you know, there, there are things that I like g good about both of them. You know, I, uh, overall, I like the Genesis better now because it had much more adult-oriented titles and themes, whereas the Super Nintendo is much more cutesy. Um, Super Nintendo did have, like, a better RPG library and stuff, but there's a lot of undiscovered stuff about the Sega that really makes me like it. But what made me, like, get into the Sega CD initially was Lunar. Um, mm -hmm. When I saw footage of that game, and I had already had under my belt Final Fantasy II, uh, you know, had come out at this point, I had to play Lunar, and so I went and rented a Sega CD, both the Sega and the, the Sega CD attachment, and brought it home and couldn't figure out how to save a game. So just played through Lunar with it on, you know, uh, all the way through, and just absolutely adored that game. Fell in complete love with it. And then a year later or so, so right about the time this is happening, like 1994, I traded in a bunch of uh, Magic cards, I think it was, to get my uh, Sega CD that I own now because the video game shop that I used to hang out at 
uh, he bought a bunch from somewhere because they were like on clearance at this point and got it for 125 bucks with the Genesis and everything. I think, no, I got the Genesis from my cousin. That's right. But, um, 125 bucks I know because the sticker's still on it and uh, he, he sold me a couple games one of which is Snatcher um, and of course fell in love with that game and it was these very few titles that like really made me love the, the Sega CD you know overall uh, but yeah I came into it late I was you know 14 years old um, when it dropped but just and, to like get into it yeah but it uh it was it was pretty big initially like the hype around it was real like i was very aware of it because i read uh, a lot of game magazines and such at the time and everyone was reporting on it other than nintendo power which only reported on nintendo product right <clears throat> so it was it was around and very popular but i mean they, they definitely shot themselves in the foot because your customer base is going to be only the people that had already bought a genesis yeah um no one's going to go out and buy a Sega Genesis for a hundred bucks and then you know, spend 200 bucks on a Sega CD when they could just get a Super Nintendo for $115 and, you know, play Super Mario World right, you know, boom, right away. So, so, uh, but, this is also, because this infomercial is about 32X and Sega CD, which the 32X mm-hmm. is just like a few, there's not that many games that do that, right? It's just like higher. Uh, what's, the, what's the difference between 32X and, like, regular games, I guess? Well, what they did was, like, um, and it, to just get into Sega history a little bit, like, Sega of America and Sega of Japan were not communicating well, right? Sega of Japan was developing the Sega Saturn to compete with the PlayStation, but they weren't relaying that information to Sega of America. Sega America didn't think that the Sega CD could stand up against the upcoming PlayStation, which, of course, it could not. So they were trying to develop a product that would um, extend the lifetime of the Sega CD. And they weren't really communicating with Japan, who could have literally just said, we're working on a system... (laughs) You just slow your roll, don't spend money on whatever, you know, this thing is you're developing. But too late, they made the fucking 32X. It's this big mushroom that you plug into the top of your Sega Genesis. It enhances graphics or whatever. There's all of 30-ish games for the system. And then there's, I believe, four games or maybe five that are uh, CD-based um, Sega CD 32X games, and uh, the only one that is both is Fahrenheit, which is a game where you play a firefighter, and it's a full motion video game like we were talking about. Uh, you have to press the button at a certain time to make the video continue, and when you buy that Fahrenheit disc, it will have one that works in your Sega CD normal, and it will have one that works in your Sega CD if you have the 32X attachment. And the only difference is is fidelity. You're gonna, it's gonna look a little better. And then they made some games on both systems, like you can get uh, Scotty Pippin's uh, hoops or whatever it's called on both the Sega CD or the 32X but it doesn't come in one package like the Fahrenheit did. And there's a couple others that do that too. I don't own, the only 32X game I technically own is Fahrenheit because I don't own the 32X. I did, but I got rid of it years ago because it's absolute trash. So Um, it requires the 32X to play the Sega CD game. 
So yeah. yes, I guess there's a list of them I just pulled up um, where it require, requires Sega CD to play the 32X. Okay, Sports Killer is one of them. That was one of the ones we kind of like. Sh- they show it a little bit of. Yeah, it's like Fahrenheit, Scotty Pippins, Night and fuck, I'm I'm drawing a blank. There, I know there's two others. I, I think there's a four. Did you hear me? Night Trap. Oh, Night Trap. Yep, yep, yep. And it's Slam City of Scotty Pippen. Yep. Supreme Warrior. <laughs> oh yeah. Surgical Strike, and that's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So five total. Um, yeah, and I I own Supreme Warrior. I own Night Trap, and uh, and Surgical Strike. Those are all games that are actually on the Sega CD anyway. Um, but they have like upgraded fidelity if you happen to have the 32X. And then there's like the copy of Midnight Raiders, which they talk about a little bit during uh, Absolutely Road Street, um, has a coupon in it where you can send it off for the 32X version, but that never actually came to fruition because the 32X like started and died within the same year that it was <laughs> produced because it was a terrible just... Well, retarded idea. And is this? Uh, give me. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the one with the knuckles too, where you have to play, plug it into the 32x to play the knuckles version of? No, no. Yeah. See, that is actually a uh, a Sega Genesis game. That you you can play that with just your Sega Genesis. That's so a okay. cart that has a uh, the slot on top where you can plug another cart into the cart. So you can play Sonic and Knuckles by itself as a like just a Sonic game. And it's a pretty good one. And then you can plug Sonic 1, or not 1, I think it's Sonic 2 and 3 into the top, and it unlocks additional levels in those games, and you can play as Knuckles in those games. So it kind of breathes life into these older Sonic games, which is kind of neat. It'd be like if you could plug a cart in the top of Mario 2 and play as, you know, uh, Raccoon Mario in Mario 2. It's effectively that. It's like... uh, DLC before DLC came out, basically. Yeah, in fact, it led to, like, there are certain areas in the older games where if you play them through the Sonic and Knuckles cart, that you can uh, get to areas that were you were never meant to get to and basically cause the game to uh, crash because you'll get in these modes where you can uh, walk forever and it won't go anywhere because there's no code to, like, actually move you anywhere. Oh, so you're just, like, running in place. Yeah, stuff like that. It was, it was ill-conceived, you know, as much other things were. Like, the idea of, like, making a system last longer than um, what it was intended to, but, like, you know, that's a good idea in its basis, but the way you implement that is releasing a brand-new system that stands alone by itself but has backwards compatibility. Yes. What they were doing was they were saying, you need to own the old system, then buy this and attach it to the old system, and that will make the new system, which already cuts off your base because the way they were thinking was going to happen was, oh, people will go out and buy a Sega Genesis that didn't own one just to play this. Well, that didn't really happen. Um, if they had done like I had said, which they did, they built the uh, Sega 32X 
which um, is like a standalone system, but they didn't release enough of them. And then there was like the JVC XI that was also like that, but the problem was it wasn't enough. Like the base model Sega CD was the one that they were promoting, the one they were pushing, the one that they made a whole bunch of, you know, the Model 1 followed by the Model 2. Um, Model 2 is the one that you see in all the commercials and stuff because the Model 1 had just infinite problems. Um, but anyway, yeah, so... Sega CD, uh, ill-conceived system. I will go to bat for it any day of the week, though. Like, there's, like, some really good games on that system. It's uh, it's kind of like the 3DO where, like, people make fun of it because a lot of the games are full motion video, which I, I kind of find those games, like, charming anyway. But um, then it's just got some really stellar RPGs and stuff you can't find anywhere else, too. <coughs> okay. Well, that's uh, some good information that I'm sure a lot of people don't know about. Cause... Yeah, what's crazy, though, is in this Absolutely Rose Street, they showed the absolute worst games they could possibly show. And I don't know why they do that. They're like, hey, check out this, you know, like, virtual racing for the 32X, and it looks like hot trash, even for the era. And then they're like, hey, look at this Star Wars, you know, well, flight some simulator. Lame, some lame racing game that looks so bad. I was like... Oh, did this look good back in 94? No, that was Virtual Racer 2, and no, it did not. They're like, it looks just like the arcade. No, it didn't. Um, <laughs> it didn't thinking, look anything like the like, arcade. I, is this? It's kind of hard to like, tra- like, remember from back that far. Like, was that good? That, like back then, I remember Doom was good, and I was like, but I don't remember that game. That, that, and then there's like a Star Wars game. I was like, oh, that Star Wars game looked okay, but it's hard mm-hmm. because they flashed it, you know. So it's like it could have been just like, you know, the f- the five minutes they had of it, you know. Like the Star Wars game was effectively Star Walk or Star Fox for Star Wars. I mean, it looked it's just like a 3D shooter. Yeah. Um, and it looked pretty good for the era. And then like there are a couple of games on the 32X that were actually impressive. Like if you look up Calibri. That's a beautiful game, even to this day. And it's, you know, when people talk about the 32X, that's the game they usually point to. Knuckles Chaotix is a standalone uh, 32X game that is uh, like a Sonic game that has some weird mechanics that is looks pretty good. I mean, it looks like a Sonic game. But overall, what they released for the system was absolute trash. One of the worst libraries in the history of any gaming system. And that's, you know, it's partially because... It you know was only out a year, and partially because like they didn't have any support from Japan or anything, they were just yeah were putting this thing out as like a stopgap to try and you know make people not forget about Sega in the interim before they could release the Saturn. Um, but this commercial is wild because like these kids from Rose Street that have this show uh, are trying to promote it, you know, in that and make it seem like it's like this next big thing when clearly it isn't. And they, they chose the worst games possible for it. It's pretty hilarious. It's like she she's like the savage chick. Yeah. She's like, okay, we need to uh, find the, this guy, Roger or something or other, that made Doom or that is making not Doom but the 32X. We need to find more information about it. And I guess she figures out how to hack into his shit because he likes Shakespeare and she uses like keywords from Shakespeare plays to get into stuff, accidentally sees like some garbage <laughs> in my opinion and freaks out, finds him in, in person. Turns out he's like this super young, really good looking guy. 
and it doesn't, it's like, okay, whatever, everyone in this is, you know, this guy is not a computer programmer, this guy is clearly a model that they hired to, you know, play the part of, but the guy he's with is actually a guy that, like, makes, you know, games, and you can tell because his acting isn't nearly as good as anyone else's, and everyone else is bad. Um, but she ends up like kind of falling for this guy and does some interviews with him and stuff. Well, it's weird. And then it's like use... kind of like a, a love triangle almost, where it's like she starts to like manipulate this game designer guy to like do her bidding for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is like, come on, man. This is, she's not like it's not like she's super hot either, and she's supposed to be edgy because she, she has like a tattoo on her arm. Is it like a rose? Yeah, yeah, right. But it, it's so silly. I mean, she's cute she's pretty hot but like not so much like this guy that is like clearly a male model um yeah, would like be bending over backwards for her you know like but he does guy, he he falls for the douchey guy with the cut off sleeves <laughs> like who is like the the annoying like the annoying kid in high school that wouldn't shut the fuck up like that's who like also has a crush on her and I don't know if they are, they were dating or had. It, it seems like they were dating. Cause at one point he has a line, like I lost my girl. I lost my show all in the same week. And then at the end of the show, like he and like model guy, like shake hands and are like friends now or something. It's like, <laughs> like no hard awkward. feelings, bro. Um, yeah, it's a super awkward so, exchange they have. You're like, well, that was weird. <laughs> why, why is that? In here? <laughs> it was very strange. And then that, yeah, she like, forces this dude like after they record this commercial for the 32x and they turn it into bada bing he doesn't even watch it and says it's absolute shit and that uh he's not going to put their show on the air and then he gets with stella his bimbo girlfriend and tells her you know that hey she's a, a go for her show and they film a episode of beauty tips with stella but then they steal the tape, I guess, the VHS tape of Beauty Tips with Stella and well, record a new show over it. They do that or they do the old switcheroo or they like swap the case. Well, they had to have like put it on the old tape because when they pop in the tape to play at the network and everyone's watching it on TV, it starts off with Stella shit. Oh, okay. That's right. So they had to have like, I guess, like the, he's, it, it, in the actual show, he just swaps them out, but they would have had to have recorded over the old one, I guess, because when it plays on the TV, it like starts with Stellos, goes right into their shit, Bada Bing freaks out, goes down to the network, but like the network loved it. They were like, yeah, this is exactly what we wanted. We're getting all these calls in about the Sega CD 32X combo. You did a great job, and you did especially great by including the bimbo at the beginning, it was hilarious. Who would ever want beauty tips from that bitch, basically? <laughs> and uh, you need to bring her back for every episode. And they sign them on for like 26 more episodes. And so now Bada Bing's trying to fucking talk Stella into doing um, this like game show over video games where she plays like an idiot. And she's mad at him. And it ends with him on his knees yelling, Sega! You know, very apropos for the time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, these, like I said, man, these type of commercials were my bread and butter growing up because I got all of, like, three channels for years. And at 2 in the morning, because I've always been a night owl, 
I would be up and this kind of shit would be running. And if this, like, I didn't see this as a kid, but if this ever had came on when I was a kid, it would have been like, I'd have watched it every time just to see something about video games. Cause I'm sitting here watching like this, the equivalent of this, but for both ranks or for, um, you know, like sounds of the eighties or something, you know, and they were all like, they would always have these like 45 minute infomercials where they turned them into a sitcom and they would give them some name like absolutely Rose street or, you know, uh, Johnny's getting in shape or something, <laughs> you know, they'd have all this like drama and back and forth and the love interest and stuff. And they were always so cheesy, uh, that watching this again. And when I first found this about five, six years ago, I was like, Oh my God, this just brings me back, you know? And I very much understand it's bad, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Lisa was short. Like I, I wouldn't want to watch a whole like more any more of the like, like back to back. You know. <laughs> no, no. You gotta watch it's one and, like, take some it's time. just short enough. It's on YouTube. You can find it on uh, Sega CD Universe. Uh, this guy Vampire Mike. He's been in the Sega CD scene for like twenty years. <clears throat> Super cool guy. He finds all these old commercials, all this old stuff. Um, he's in the past helped release uh, games that never got released from the Sega CD, like Johnny Mnemonic and Bug Crashers, Marco, uh, different things like that. He was instrumental on. Uh, really cool guy, too. Like, I've been following his channel a long time, and I think one of these days I'm going to reach out and see if I can do an interview with him because he's, he's just, like, a, a really neat, cool guy. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. But, yeah, so if, you, if you're interested at all in watching this, I'd suggest doing so. Uh, it's worth it for the commercials within the commercial alone. Um, seeing uh, Ethan Supley hit himself in the head with a dead squirrel to see colors for his Game Boy is uh, pretty cool. Yeah, this guy from uh, Boy Meets World, and he was like, remember the Titans, and what else? He's yeah, like, yeah, he's jacked now. He's jacked now? Have you not seen him? Mm-mm. Yeah, dude, he, he got, look him up after we get off here, you'll be like, holy shit. Yeah, a guy hit the gym about six years ago now, and he he's gotten ridiculously jacked. Sweet. Um, another yeah. question I had on for you. What's Tomcat Alley? Oh, yeah. Tomcat Alley is... It was one of the earliest games for the Sega CD. It's like... Back then, there was all this hype around... Uh, uh, God, what is the name of that Tom Cruise movie? Oh. The Top Gun, right? It was like a, uh, it was like a Top Gun type game. Yeah, you, you, it's a full motion video game where like you're playing from the perspective of the pilot... So you see, like, outside of this window, you know, and you're seeing other jets fly around, and you're shooting at them. And if you shoot at the right time or turn at the right time, you get a different, you know, you get to watch the full movie, basically. It's terrible. It is it is not a good, like, I like a lot of these um, full-motion video games, but, like, that one is not one of the good ones. Well, they're having um, it up like it was a big deal, so I was like, I never even heard of this thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they were pushing Tomcat Alley so hard, other than the fact that they literally interviewed the guy that made Tomcat Alley within the commercial. So maybe there was like some kind of compromise where they were going to like try and hype up his game. But or... of the full motion video games, that is one of the worst ones you can play. Well, that's um, the only guy that could get to do the show. <laughs> What's that? So that might have been the only guy they could get to do the show. It could have been. I don't know. I mean, they got American McGee. Of course, this is pre like Alice or whatever made him like actual famous. But um, yeah, he. I don't know. 
it, of, of, of the full motion video games they showed, like, they showed Wirehead at one point. That's actually a really good full, full motion video game. And uh, you can watch the, the entirety of a playthrough of that on YouTube. It's like 35, 40 minutes. And it's actually pretty good. Like, it, it stands alone as just like, or Night Trap is like a bad B movie, you know? Well, Night Trap um, got released on PlayStation, I thought. Yeah, they, they did, and Switch. Um, but yeah, Night Trap has a sequel called Double Switch, starring uh, Corey Haim and uh, Ernie, whatever his name is, uh, dude that died a few years ago that was in Full Metal Jacket, the sergeant. Um, and yeah, a lot of these games, actually, full motion video games, have, like we were talking about before, uh, one has Phil Lamar, one has um, uh, Seth, what's his name, Seth Green, um, I, I, Marky Mark, of course, but uh, a bunch of others. I'm just drawing a blank right now, but it's it, it's wild to see where a lot of these guys um, got their start or or their end. Some of them, like uh, we recently lost Warren Beatty. He is in a game called The Legend of Tully Bodine, uh, which is a really bad on rail shooter that takes place in the future, but the cutscenes are worth it just to watch on YouTube. Um, stuff like that. I, I, I'm trying to think of some others, but there's a ton of them. Uh, overall, like, everyone always thinks the Sega CD is nothing but full motion video games, but there's only, like, of the, like, 160 games, there's only, like, 35 or 40 of them, which is still a lot. I mean, it's a lot more than your average system now, obviously, but... Um, there's plenty of like actual good games on the system that get overlooked because everyone just wants to like focus on the bad, you know. Right. Yeah. Do you have any more questions? Or are you good? You sated? Um. Let me see. I wrote these down so I wouldn't forget. Uh, I think that's it. All right. Yeah. I think that's. Yeah. I remember like like I said like I was saying I don't remember the 32x because it was like such a fast time period I guess. Um, it, it came and went quick, man. Like, and nobody, like, literal nobody thought it was a good idea. Like, I remember being in the game store when they announced it, and it was coming out, and the owner, Bob, I was friends with at the time, he ordered five or six of them was all and could not sell them. No one even wanted to try it. Like, even in store, like, he hooked it up, and, you know, we had, like, Primal Rage and Tough Man Contest and that Star Wars and a few others. No one wanted to play it. It just looked like shit, you know, and yeah. compared to the PlayStation, which came out right around the same time. It was just like, yeah. why would I ever want to play this, you know? Get the new thing, not the uh, old thing. Yeah, I get it. So, But same with Jaguar. Like, Jaguar came out right around this time, too, and it was like, why would you ever play something like this when the Super Nintendo and the Genesis look better? Uh, and, you know, this is supposed to be 64-bit, but it clearly is not anyone can see that you know yeah. um i actually do have a jaguar i absolutely hate it you know one of these days i'm going to trade it in for something worth more money i think jaguar is actually worth like three or four hundred bucks at this point so maybe i'll trade it in and get this water here i don't know <laughs> well, if you do i suggest getting a uh tankless but yeah I, I should but uh i've got a my home warranties only covers certain you know they don't want to pay out that much so i think i'm going to get i had a 60 gallon and we're just going to get another 60 gallon but like up to code so 
Well, you should, well, if you look at them now, most of the uh, tankless are not that they're not that expensive anymore. Oh, really? Okay. Well. Yeah, you can get like a decent one for six hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind doing that, but yeah, maybe, maybe like we'll talk. But basically, like unlimited heat, hot, hot water. Yeah, and they don't really leak in the same way because, and you know, because uh, they're not ever holding like sixty gallons of water at one point. Yeah, um, you don't have to worry about the water coming out of the tank because the only thing that's in there is what you're using. Yeah, exactly. And it's constantly refilling and heating at a super fast rate instead of we also uh, like slowly. Um, we also watched like some behind the scenes of stuff. Like you had me watch, and the only thing I I took from all those that there's a Scotty Pippen rap that I'm gonna find from Slam City that I'm definitely <laughs> gonna be having uh, at the end of this podcast. <laughs> Uh, a spot, a spotty, Scotty Pippen rap, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that like guy. And he, I'm like, oh, is that real? I'm gonna find that rap. <laughs> I hope you can. He, uh, he's in the news again right now because he came out with his book recently and basically dissed all of his uh, contemporaries and uh, said that he was a better player than Jordan. And yeah, he thinks he's better than Jordan or as good as Jordan. It's like, dude, if there wasn't. If you didn't have Jordan, you wouldn't want anything. Like the the point, like to prove <sighs> the, the deal is like he was a top five player for his era. He really yeah. was. Yeah, he was. Um, and he played on the same team with the best player in the world. You know, that yeah. probably the best player ever lived. And they were, you know, between him and Rodman, uh, you know, and then supporting Jordan. Forget about it. They were uh, that was a dynasty. Um, but to say that he was better than Jordan, I mean, at one point he was getting paid more than Jordan because he got on the payroll after Jordan did, after the, like, uh, player price hike or whatever happened. So, like, at one point Pippen was making, like, a million and a half a year and Jordan was only making, like, 900000 uh, which is just one of those things that happened to, like, certain players. Like, uh, Barkley at one point was, like, the... Uh, third lowest player on um, the Phoenix Suns pay wise, even though he was the MVP like every year. <laughs> so it was just one of those things you'd sign in these contracts and then like everyone renegotiated. And I mean, the amount of money they gave these guys within a three, four year period went from being like, you know, $900,000 for a superstar to being like, nine hundred thousand dollars for a bench warmer you know so some of these guys got screwed for several years like poor barkley i think he was like locked in for like seven years (laughs) and here he is you know one of the best players in the league and uh playing for effectively what guys that didn't even get in the game were making and uh had had no recourse it's not like he could you know, quit and play for someone else or whatever. So, renegotiate, I guess. But yeah, I mean, you could try, but really, he had no recourse, and he had signed a contract, and he did what he said he was going to do. But anywho, it yeah, uh, Pippen, just a a real weird cat, man. All of a sudden, like I think he's only saying this garbage. I I personally, I don't believe he even believes it, but he. You think so? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. How, like, hey, read my book if you want to know how I really feel, and like, you know, that's a way to sell your book, right? 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking is like he's just trying to create this hype for the book, and that's why he's saying such hateful things. Um, no, that's, but I, I don't. If that's true, like I do not blame him one bit. Like no, he's broke. That's part of the problem. I mean, he spent what little he had on like bad investments, etc. And he's not doing as well as, you know, someone of his obvious talent should be doing. Um, but here we are. He, he was not better than Jordan. He will never be better than Jordan. But he was a great player. And from uh, my state, from Arkansas. So, um, But, yeah, he made probably the worst basketball game of all time. <laughs> it is as bad as it looks on screen. It is so much harder to play. Yeah, I don't know. Um, like how you how do you even play? You play as like some dude playing Pippin. Uh, well, you pl- you start off. You don't play Pippin until the end. You have to play like three or four other guys. Like you start off playing against that chick, and if you beat her, then you can play like the next guy, and then the next guy, and then finally square off against Pippin. And it's just a full motion video game where you have like these really bad like. Uh, you just have to look it up, man. Yeah. They've got this, these arms that like show up on the screen with a, holding a basketball that you move around as though you're um, looking from the first person perspective, but it looks so freaking ridiculous. And the screen is all like jittery and shit because it's made to look like you're like moving and juking around and stuff. Yeah. And then you have to like shoot the ball whenever you get the right angle. And when you shoot, it's like a one-on-one game. When you shoot, if you do it at the exact right time, it'll go in. And then when they have the ball, you have to, like, block them at certain times or else they'll make a basket on you. It's really just a memorization game, um, like, around a basketball video. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's bad. It's a, it's a marvel they were able to do it. And it's cool to see the behind-the-scenes shit, you know. And what Cujo is referring to is I had him watch this other thing in case we didn't have enough to talk about on Absolutely Rose Street that we could talk about, which was another commercial where they show you behind-the-scenes footage of Supreme Warrior, uh, Slam City with Scottie Pippen, and um, Zombie Corpse Killer, right? Mm-hmm. And of the three, the only one that's really interesting to me is Corpse Killer because it has, like, that one dude that was in Ghost and a bunch of stuff in, like, the 80s and 90s that has those really weird eyes. Oh, yeah, he was, like, the dead bum from Ghost, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the bum that uh, went crazy and taught Patrick Swayze how to, like, move stuff with his mind. Ghost. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, he died shortly after making this. And initially it wasn't filmed as, like, they don't tell you this in the documentary, I guess you'd call it. But initially they were filming a B-movie and then um, used footage from that B-movie to make the video game. Like, brought back some of the people and uh, reshot things. And, I mean, it's, it's terrible. They're all terrible. Supreme Warrior is a first-person perspective full motion video uh, fighting game where you fight four or five different masters after your village was destroyed or whatever. Like, the premise is cool, and it's shot cool, and the characters are in neat 
costumes and stuff, but the actual gameplay is absolute trash. I mean, it's it, just not even a game, really. I don't know. That's all I got to say about it. All right. I think that's, Still there? Yeah, I think that's... Uh, I, I don't have anything else to talk about on this, this episode. Yeah, me either, and I think uh, I think we've got more than enough time for an episode. So, oh yeah, plenty. Of, we got an hour. This might be one of our longer ones. <laughs> oh dang, you 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 might could even shave the water talk, except I think we reference it later. So, yeah, I'll shave it all. <laughs> but, yeah, they don't care. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you've listened this far, definitely check out our other shows. You probably already do. Uh, you know, I'm on uh, the RPG, or I'm on the retro RPG podcast uh i do a show called is it worth it with uh, my good buddy james milholland uh this next show we're going to be doing is hades i've already put about 110 hours into hades Damn. absolutely love that game um so you definitely want to check that out if you want to hear about or have already played hades we're going to go pretty in depth on that i think and then um kujo you have a show you do uh, every two weeks, three weeks or so, called the RPG Show, where you and um, Nick and uh, sometimes Travis uh, review uh, video games in the RPG genre. And most recently, you guys did what was it, Lufia Two? No, Lufia One. Lufia One. That's right. It was the bad one. <laughs> it was not good. It's like, yeah. It's like a night and day. Dumbed down Dragon Warrior. I feel like. It, it's so weird how bad Lufia 1 is compared to how incredible Lufia 2 is. Because Lufia 2 to me is like top 5 RPGs of all time. Yeah. And I didn't even play it until like 3 years ago, so that says a lot. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I like I, I thought I'd played it, but I, I, was, I was mixing it up with Lufia 1. Oh, wow. Yeah, Lufia and the Fortress of Doom is... I mean, we talk about it in the show, but it's it's got a good like start and then like nothing else happens <laughs> right so. very strange outing for what was it taito or natsume or whatever natsume taito. i think but uh just a, a weird you know like hey we're gonna make an rpg and then like just the fact that it got a sequel at all is incredible but the fact that it got a sequel that is so fucking good is mm -hmm. unreal you know, yeah. but anyway, so definitely isn't that. It's like a long show too. It's like three hours or so. Yeah, it usually goes longer when uh, Travis is on there because we, you know we start talking about random stuff. So um, it's, hard, yeah. it's harder to stay on uh, on course when it's two, you know three people as is two people, uh, which is fine though because I mean it's content. It's good. Like yeah, and I think like the listener base that we have, they you know they like that sort of thing. It seems like they like to hear the banner back and forth and what's going on. It humanizes us, you know, as opposed to a lot of other podcasts where they don't let you into their personal lives and things like that. Like we're all about just like, hey, we're just a bunch of fucking idiots talking about video games, so might as well talk about other shit too. But anyway, yeah, so check those out and. Uh, what have you got on the docket? Because I picked this uh, absolutely garbage street. <laughs> yeah, I want to pick up for something good. So I want. Well, I don't know if it's good or not. I haven't seen it yet, but I want to watch that Free Guy 
uh, Ryan, okay. Ryan Reynolds movie, so that's kind of where I was thinking about next. No, that's great, man. I've been wanting to see that anyway. Um, I'll read that from like Amazon or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, we'll check that out. And uh, I'm sure it's great. Everything I've heard about it is really good. I just got through rewatching uh, Deadpool 2, which is classic, you know, modern day classic. Yep. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is a national treasure. Um, Even though I yeah, feel like they're watering him down lately, he's been like everything. Like he's like every month there's a new mo- Ryan Reynolds movie out. Like, yeah, he, they are wearing him a little thin. Huh? You know, it seems they're wearing him a little thin. Where like you just are seeing him a little too much. Um, uh, but he's great. He, he always kills it. So yeah, he's good. So so yeah. So yeah. Be- yeah, I, I've loved him since two guys ago on a pizza place. Man, I used to love that show. But uh, 100 years ago. <laughs> All right, so I guess the next one is Free Guy, and I'm uh, pretty sure it's going to be a good one. Normally we say hopefully the next one will be a good one. Uh, I guess uh, we're pretty sure it will be. So I guess uh, we'll see you then, guys. See ya. Bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. What you gonna get? Gonna get respect. What you gotta get? Gotta get. You wanna get, wanna get respect. So how do you earn respect? Welcome to the city, the slams with no pity. I hope you're ready. The slams, 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 city. If you're committed to hard hitting, good ridden, cause ain't nobody tricking, sticking, scotty pippin'. With the team or without one, you're gonna get done. One on one, here I come, son. Just a thought that brings pressure. But so what? Cause on the court, I'll be dunking like donuts. So bring your ego, can't wait to do ya. You want respect if you earn it, I'll be more than happy to give it to you. So bring it on, bring your best hook, ace, bring your best shot. But if you're beaten, then I guess not. What you wanna earn here is respect, yo. You wanna win, you gotta get all you can get, yo. Just remember, ace, you've been won. So bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. What you gonna get? Gonna get respect. What you gotta get? Gotta get respect. What you wanna get? Wanna get respect. So how do you earn? What you gonna get?